Good to see you this morning. Man, glad you're here. It is such a beautiful day on so many levels. We are glad that you've chosen to worship with us today at Bay Area. If you are a guest of ours, we are especially honored to have you with us today. I want to wish all of you a very happy Easter. And uh, again, good to be together this morning as we worship God. About a year ago, uh, my daughter visited with us. She and her family spent about a week with us. And she brought with her her Amazon Prime account. Because she said, Dad, there's a television show on Amazon Prime that I think you would really like. And she wanted me to watch it. The name of the show is The Man in the High Castle. Anybody here familiar with the TV show, The Man in the High Castle? I'd never heard of it uh, until she introduced me to it. Um, she said, I think you'd really like the premise of it. Now, I want to start by saying this. I'm not endorsing The Man in the High Castle because I really don't know anything about the show. I only watched a couple episodes. I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't know if it's drama. I don't think it's comedy. I don't know if it's science fiction. I don't know. I don't know where it goes. And I don't want any of you telling me where it goes because maybe someday I'll be able to watch some more of it. But the premise of the show was this. It's set in 1962. And the premise of The Man in the High Castle is, is a very different America than we are familiar with and we remember from 1962. It's different because America lost World War II. The Allied forces were defeated in World War II. And all the history that we remember, you know, the D-Day and uh, VE Day and all those things, none of that happened. And during World War II, the Japanese controlled the air and the Germans controlled the sea. And we didn't come up with the atom bomb. Uh, the Nazis did, and they dropped it on Washington, D.C. And Japan attacked uh, America from the west, and the Nazis attacked America from the east. And Americans surrendered. We gave up. We lost the war. And so the series opens 15 years after World War II is over. Imperial Japan controls the western part of America. Nazi Germany controls the eastern part of America. And for Americans, it is a completely totalitarian system. I mean, it's just brutal unless you are completely submissive to either the Japanese or the Nazi regime. So Americans are beaten down, and they're discouraged, and they're without hope. But there is a man in the high castle, this mysterious figure, who seems to be, and again, I haven't watched enough of it to know exactly, but seems to be sort of heading up this resistance movement trying to motivate Americans to dream of what could be and what could have been. And by way of doing that is he is distributing this film. And the film shows a very alternate reality. The film shows America winning World War II in an effort to try to motivate Americans to see how things actually could be. And so the first episode has this young guy and this young girl, and they somehow come in possession of one of these films from the man in the high castle. And they take it back to their little apartment. They draw the shades, get out this old movie projector, because they know if they get caught with this film, it would be certain death. And they put the film on, and they start watching it, and they start seeing all of these iconic images to us, all the things that we've grown up with, the images that we've seen. Things like 
Uh-oh. <laughs> Things like, there we go. Did you do that or did I do that? You did that. Okay, I'm going to keep trying. Um, the flag being planted on Iwo Jima. I tell you what, when I do this, advance it for me. <laughs> uh, General MacArthur waiting on shore there in the Philippines. D-Day, tremendous success as the troops stormed Normandy Beach. Uh, the Japanese surrender aboard the USS Missouri. Uh, Germany surrendering Eisenhower as the hero. And the celebration in Times Square. You know, the famous kiss. And this young couple is watching this film, and they're watching these images go by, and the young man looks at the girl and says, but none of that happened. That's not what happened. That's not real. We didn't win the war. We surrendered. Japan and uh, Germany, they won. None of that's real. And the girl is sitting on the floor watching this film, and tears are rolling down her face, and she says, but what if it did happen? What if it's true? What if it's real? This morning, I want to talk about a historical event. I want to talk about the impact of a historical event. And I want to begin by talking about what the world would be like if that historical event had never taken place. And of course, you know the historical event I'm talking about is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's Easter. What else would I be talking about? But I want, to be, I want to look at this from the angle of what would happen if the resurrection of Jesus wasn't real, if it had never taken place. What would the world be like if Jesus was still in the tomb? What would you be like if Jesus had never been raised? And I don't know if you've ever thought about that or not, how different things would be. I don't know if that's ever crossed your mind but I do know someone who did think about it. The Apostle Paul thought about it. The Apostle Paul considered, what would the world be like if Jesus had not been raised from the dead? Not only did the Apostle Paul think about it, he wrote about it. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to spend really all of our time this morning in this section of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 15. While you're turning there, let me share with you just a couple ancillary things that I think would be different had Jesus not been risen from the dead. For one, there wouldn't be as many hospitals in the world today as there are since Jesus was raised from the dead. Now when you look back at health care, especially health care to the common person, so much of that has its origins in Christian communities. There wouldn't be as many schools had Jesus not been raised from the dead. There'd still be schools, but not as many, and not the same level. You might not know it, but schools like Harvard and Yale and Princeton were all founded on biblical principles, all founded in order to help spread the gospel. Orphanages, homeless shelters, all types of humanitarian aid. There'd be so much less of that because so much of that has been founded on and still focused on the teachings of Jesus. It talks about how we treat people who are less fortunate. In fact, I would argue that there wouldn't be an America as we know it had Jesus not been raised from the dead. 
Back in 1620, you know, they came over to, to America on, on the Mayflower, and those people got together in the, the ship's uh, captain's uh, chambers there, and, and they wrote what some people have called the, the birth certificate of this new nation, the Mayflower Compact. And part of that says, I've got it here, part of the Mayflower Compact. The nation would be established the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. America itself was founded on the reality of the resurrection of Jesus. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says it's so much more than that. The resurrection goes so much deeper than that. In fact, Paul's going to say if the resurrection hadn't taken place, everything would be different. Everything would be different. Paul says, I've thought about this. I thought about what things would be like if Jesus had stayed dead, if there had been an alternative history here. Paul says, had that happened, we would be completely without hope. Look at verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 15. And if he is still dead, then all our preaching is useless, and your trust in God is empty, worthless, hopeless. Paul says, if the resurrection had never taken place, what are we doing here? If the resurrection had never happened, what does any of this matter? I like the way the, the message uh, quotes that same verse. If there's no resurrection, everything we've told you is smoke and mirrors. And everything you've staked your life on is smoke and mirrors. If Jesus had not been raised from the dead, he would have no power to offer us salvation. He would have no power to offer us eternal life. If Jesus had not been raised from the dead, heaven would be a lie. Hope would be an illusion. There would be none of that. Philip Yancey talks about attending a very unusual funeral once. It's a very small gathering of just some family and friends of the deceased. He walked into uh, the funeral home where the, where the memorial was taking place and was instructed to go stand around the open casket with the rest of the family and friends. And he walked down and stood around this open casket. No one said a word. There were no songs. There was no eulogy. There were no scriptures recited. There were no prayers. At one point, someone took out a jar of peppermint candy and told everyone to take a piece of candy put it in their mouth, and then said, when the candy is gone, just quietly turn and leave, and the service will be over. And Philippians said, we all stood there with peppermint in our mouth, and when the peppermint dissolved, we all walked away. And it was meant to be a metaphor for that man's belief in life, that we live, we die, and we just sort of dissolve. And there really is nothing else to it. Paul is saying without the resurrection of Jesus, if he'd never been resurrected, that would be a pretty accurate picture. If the resurrection had never happened, we would never talk about heaven. We wouldn't sing, I've got a mansion over the hilltop. Because we wouldn't have one. We would never sing, this world is not my home, just passing through. Because this world would be our home. This would be it. How depressing is that? 
If the resurrection hadn't happened, we would never for a moment ever think about any kind of joyful reunion with those who have already passed on. If the resurrection hadn't happened, there would be no reunions. If Jesus had never been resurrected, ultimate healing would never be a reality. This body, this state, this, this existence, well, that's all there'd be. Again, kind of a depressing thought. If Jesus had never been resurrected, we would have absolutely no hope. But look at verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you're still under condemnation for your sins. If Jesus had not been raised, we would still be under condemnation for our sins. We would be condemned. Another way to say that is we would all be doomed. Let me share a story with you. True story. In 2013, a fellow by the name of Cornelius Anderson, living in Missouri, committed a crime. He robbed a, a Burger King. He was caught, he was convicted, and he was sentenced to go to prison. And the judge told him, I want you to go and I'll wait for instructions on where to report to begin serving your sentence. So Cornelius Anderson went home, waited for instructions on where to go to begin serving his sentence. But due to a clerical mistake by the state of Missouri, those instructions never came. He was never told where to go or what to do. So he didn't go anywhere. A couple days went by, weeks, months, years went by. Thirteen years went by. And Cornelius Anderson has completely turned his life around. He learned carpentry. He opened his own business. In those 13 years, he got married, had three children, lived an exemplary life. He paid his taxes on time. He voted, got a driver's license, renewed it, all while keeping his legal name, his legal address. And then, July of 2013, 13 years after he was convicted, the state of Missouri realized the mistake that they'd made. And they sent a SWAT team to the home of Cornelius Anderson. They broke down his door, and they carried him off to prison to begin serving his sentence. A sentence for a crime he'd committed 13 years earlier. His lawyer was interviewed about this kind of unique case, and the lawyer said, I told Cornelius this thing wasn't going away. I told him a day would come when they would find him. I told him he was going to have to pay someday for the crime that he'd committed. You know, when you think about it, that's kind of what our life would be like had Christ not been raised from the dead. You know, we want to do good things. We want to get to the end of our life and hope that the good outweighs the bad. And, you know, we've made a positive effect on the world. But the truth is we're all sinners. When we put our head on our pillow at night, we know who we are. And we know what we've done. We know our guilt. We know our shame. We know the times that we have, we've sinned, the things that we've done against God. If Christ had not been raised from the dead, 
we would all be living our lives looking over our shoulder, waiting for that other shoe to drop, waiting for somebody to come knock on our door and say, it's time for you to pay for the crimes that you committed long ago. And they would come. Justice would be served. If Christ had not been raised from the dead, we would not experience grace. We would not be free from condemnation. But the promise of Scripture is that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the promise. If history had been altered, if Jesus had stayed in the tomb, we'd all be condemned. All those beautiful promises that you read about in Scripture, all that wonderful imagery of God healing broken people, and God redeeming lost souls. None of that would be real. It would all be a pipe dream. So Paul is reminding us of the importance of this one historical event. He's reminding us of how much this one historical event has changed the world. How different our lives would be. If history had diverted at the tomb, if Jesus had remained dead, our lives would have absolutely no purpose and absolutely no meaning. Look at verse 32. If there is no resurrection, let's feast and get drunk, for tomorrow we die. Paul is saying if Jesus hasn't been raised from the dead, there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, I'll never be raised from the dead. And if I'm never raised from the dead, I might as well party until I'm dead. Because what does it matter? I mean, really, who cares? Who's to say who's right or wrong if Jesus has never been raised? Who's to say what's good and bad? Why would I care how you live your life if Jesus has not been raised from the dead? Why do I care what you care about me and the way I live my life? if Jesus hasn't been raised from the dead, if this is all there is. If there's no resurrection, life has no meaning because nothing really matters. If there's no resurrection, life has no true satisfaction. Nothing to really make us fulfilled. And some of you know that, trying to find satisfaction, fulfillment outside of Christ. You know, we think, if I can just get that job, if I can just get that raise, if I can just pay this debt, if I can just get that girl, you know, if I could just get over this health issue. And then those things happen, and we look around and say, I was kind of hoping for more. This doesn't exactly leave me where I hoped that it would. If Christ had not been raised from the dead, there'd be no satisfaction to life. There'd be no motivation. There'd be no purpose. But look back at what Paul says. Look back at verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you're still under condemnation for your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ have perished. Again, no reunion if Christ has not been raised. And if we have hope in Christ only for this life, we're the most miserable people in the world. That's pretty strong language that Paul uses. Paul's saying this Christian life that we're all trying to live, you know, these wonderful teachings of Jesus, this uh, teaching on how to treat other people, how to treat your husband, your wife, your children, you know, these teachings about how to deal with um, money issues, these teachings about how to live a life of integrity and a life of honor. 
wouldn't be enough. Wouldn't be worth it. In fact, Paul says we'd be the most miserable people in the world if that's all it was about. You know, Paul talks about a life of service and a life of sacrifice and a life defined by Jesus Christ. But if Jesus has not been raised from the dead, then that service and that sacrifice is really just kind of a confirmation of how meaningless our life is. You know, the atheists are right. You guys are all a bunch of fools because none of it matters, because none of it was real. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, all those things do is serve as evidence that we're the most pathetic people in the world. So Paul plays this game with the Corinthians, this alternate history. What if? What if? What if Jesus had stayed dead? What would the world look like? It would be dark. What would humanity look like? Pretty twisted. What would Christ followers look like? Pathetic. Miserable. Verse 20. But... He goes through this whole thing. Yes, life would be different. Life would be bad. The world would be miserable. Christians would be miserable. Um, humankind, mankind would be dark had Christ not been raised from the dead. But the fact is that Christ has been raised from the dead. He's become the first of a great harvest of those who will be raised to life again. Enough about what life might be like. Enough about what could have happened. Paul says, let's talk about what did happen. Let's talk about the facts. Jesus has been raised from the dead. Here's what Jesus did. He left heaven. He came to earth. Lived as a man. Humbled himself. Became a servant. Humbled himself to the point of death. Even death on a cross. But the cross wasn't the end. Death couldn't stop him. The grave couldn't hold him. Because three days after he was placed in the tomb, on a Sunday morning, Jesus walked out of the tomb very much resurrected. And I love the way Paul finishes up this whole section of Scripture. It is so classic, Paul, because it is so definitive, Jesus. He says, because Jesus has been raised from the dead, we have purpose. Look at verse uh, 58. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and steady. Always enthusiastic about the Lord's work. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Another way to say that, everything you do for the Lord has purpose. Because Jesus has been raised from the dead, we do have hope. Verse 54. When this happens, when our perishable bodies have been transformed into heavenly bodies that will never die. Think about that for a minute. This body you're wearing right now one day will be transformed into heavenly bodies. They will never die. Then, at last, the Scriptures will come true. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? 
In the message, that verse reads, Okay, death, who's afraid of you now? Because of the resurrection, we don't fear death. Because of the resurrection, we have hope. And then finally, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we have victory. Verse 57. How we thank God who gives us victory over sin and death through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of the resurrection, we have victory over sin. And we have victory over death. 2,000 years ago, it took those followers of Jesus a little bit of time to sort of wrap their mind around what actually happened and then to wrap their mind around the implications of what happened. But once they did, it changed everything. It changed their lives. It changed their world. It changed their eternity. 2,000 years removed, I think sometimes we are maybe so familiar with the story that we fail to appreciate the ramifications of what the resurrection really does mean in our lives. We fail to appreciate what that empty tomb really says about the world, about our relationship with God, and about our eternal destination. I know 2,000 years removed, we fail to have the same kind of joy and sheer excitement about the fact on a Sunday morning the tomb was empty, that Jesus had risen. Now what it meant to those people, it still means to us. I want you to watch this little short video and, and see if you don't agree. The grave is empty. He is risen. The resurrection changes everything. For those who have lost hope, for those who have lost heart, the resurrection changes everything. For those who maybe put your dreams on a shelf, for those who feel like they're never going to measure up, never going to be good enough, never going to come close to ever realizing their dreams, the resurrection changes everything. The tired and the broken for the hungry and the thirsty, for the lost and the found. The resurrection changes everything. This morning, may you be overwhelmed with the power that is available to us because the tomb is empty. This isn't something that we get together and we just talk about after week, week after week. This is real. This is what happened. And this is what we experience right here, right now. The realization that Jesus is alive. That the tomb is still empty. That victory is ours because of Jesus our Lord and our Savior. The question is this morning, is He your Lord? And is He your Savior? All those blessings that we've talked about are found in Christ and through Christ. It all comes back to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's where hope is found. That's where meaning is found. And that's where victory is experienced.
We've got a song that Travis is going to use as a song of encouragement. There's going to be some people here at the front of the auditorium. It's a church family. If we can pray with you about anything that you might be going through, we'd love to have the opportunity to do that. If you'd meet us here at the front of the auditorium. Let's stand and sing.